my name is Pastor Thad Thomas of Abundant Living Ministries. Today, I want you to enjoy this message of expansion. It's only a taste of how God wants us to expand spiritually, physically, financially. If you want the full message, go to our website at ALM.org. Welcome to Abundant Living Ministries. We're loud, we're proud. Now, when I say I'm angry, I'm not angry at you. Don't misunderstand me if I have to clarify that. Oh, he's on one. I'm on one because I'm sick and tired of the devil doing what he's doing. You got to get to the point like me. You got to get so mad and say, you know what? No more. I said, I don't care. No more. No more. Either this word is real or it's not. If it's not, then I'm just going to put it away and stop serving God. I'm going to live like the devil. I'm going to drink. I'm going to do drugs. I'm going to do what you know. Hey, if, 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 it, if God doesn't work, then why since playing? Come on. Makes no sense. They're having a better time than we are when we should be having a better time than they are. You know why they, they, you know why they don't want to come in here? It's because we're too quiet. We're too quiet. We don't want, we don't make them come in. We don't, we don't show them, hey, this is the place to be now. This is where you want to, you want to be in the house of God. You want to be in the house of God. You don't want to be outside in the world. You don't want to go to, you know, you, you, I'd rather be here than to watch the Dolphins lose because they're going to have a terrible season. I don't care how much money they spent. Have you noticed the Panthers didn't go anywhere, the Heat didn't go anywhere, and neither are the Dolphins. So why waste your money? And don't worry about it. New York ain't going to do any better. <laughs> Even though they play in New Jersey. The Rangers, I don't know. They're still, I'm still. Anyway, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to be. And if you would be loud enough, what I mean by loud, in other words, it's, it's, it cannot be shut up in your bones anymore. It's going to come out. It's just going to come out. In other words, you're going to be so loud, you're going to be loud at work. Am I right? Jose Jimenez, loud. We got to be loud. Loud. That's only three people. I want to hear. If we go say hallelujah, I want to see hallelujah. I want the earth to shake. I remember being in the Orange Bowl back in the day before a lot of y'all were born when the dolphins and when the hurricanes were something. But and I remember being in, the, in that old Orange Bowl stadium and when, when 80,000 strong would hit that, that, that floor, that place would shake. That's the sound that I'm looking for. That when we begin to shout and, and dance and, and roar, the ground begins to shake. You don't need smoke screens or you don't need sound. I know that it comes out of us. We don't need Hollywood technology. No, we make it ourselves. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. But that's got to be an everyday thing. That's got to be an everyday thing. I, I don't know what it is, but aren't you hot? I am burning up. I am hot. I did not even want to wear this. It must be this Bob Tilton's tie. I don't know what it is. You know, he gave me this when he did, when he came in, he says, here. And I said, well, thank you. I don't like to wear ties, but, you know, I'm trying to get away from that. But, hey, I'll wear it today. I got to take a picture of him and say, 
Must have been that great anointing on you now. We got to make a sound here. A sound. That's the only thing that's going to change things. Because all I hear is the world screaming. It's amazing how, how certain communities that, you know, they're celebrating this month have a louder voice than the church. Or, or um, companies are spending millions of dollars on it. Why? Because they're profiting off of you because you go to their stores and buy it, what they sell. They're profiting off of you because their voice is louder than the church. That's the reason why we're not seeing revival. That's the reason why we're not people, people the churches are closing down and, and pastors are getting burned out and, and people are walking away and seeking other religions and, 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 or just flat out you know, forgetting God and just, you know what? It's, it's better out there than it is in here. We got to change that. Amen? We got to change that. I say, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that in me. Because you ain't going to be able to change anybody else till you change you. It's got to start you and you first. I'm preaching to myself. It's got to start in me first. It's got to start in my wife first. Before I can be a, 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 a mighty sound of God to her in a marriage as a husband, I got to be a mighty a sound to me first. Before she can be a mighty sound of a wife to me, she's got to be a mighty sound to her. Before my wife and I can be a mighty sound to our children and our grandchildren, we got to be a sound, mighty sound to us first. Same goes with you. I don't have, because I'm the pastor doesn't mean I have special privileges. No, I got to work it just like you. Without faith, without works is what? Dead. And this is not a dead church. You're not a dead person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I want to hear. Look at that. He was in the hospital. Look where he's at. doctor said there's nothing else we can do but look where he's at I know a, I know a physician that's got better degrees than all these doctors on this earth he's got a degree better than all of them it's a degree of call life more abundantly I'd rather have a degree. I'd rather talk to a physician that knows life himself, that already went through death and came back and said, I beat you. That's the physician I want to talk to. I want to talk to a physician that's already died and came back alive. How? Because of the Holy Ghost. Do you realize... Jesus started with the Holy Ghost and he was resurrected by the Holy Ghost. Read it. The Holy Ghost came upon Mary and she was impregnated with the Son of the Most High. Think about that. He didn't. God orchestrated everything. Now you understand Genesis chapter 3 about the seed. See, the, whole, the devil didn't know about the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's time to enlarge this place. 
It's time, to, it's time to enlarge this place. It's time to enlarge this place. It's time to enlarge this place. It's time to fill this place. And we're going to fill it with the Holy Ghost. We're going, to be, we're going to fill it. We're going to fill this place. It's time to enlarge this place. It's time for you to stop social distancing. I'm sick of this social distancing. We've done it long enough. It's time no longer to be social distancing. I was watching the game last night, and all those, all those laws they did in Canada, it's amazing how all the laws are over with when, when, when the playoffs start, and they showed all those. I say there was probably about, they weren't even in the stadium. They were outside the stadium in Canada, and I would say there was probably about two to 3,000 people back to back front. I mean, there was no room to move. But I'm like, it's amazing how when money begins to say, hey, begins to talk, everything, it just leaves. It just leaves. Diseases leave when money begins to say, hey, money, it's time to make money. Football season starter is going to be 80,000 people. Why? Because money talks. Diseases just, it's no big deal. Just pay, you know, just stay home for five days. You're good. You're good. It's amazing. No, 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 no. I'm done with social distancing. Scripture says in Psalm, Isaiah 54, the verse 1, it says, sing, O barren. That word barren there means cursed. This church ain't cursed. Amen. If you look at that, that word, that, the whole thing, and he's talking about that barren part. He was talking about cursed. There was a curse upon Israel. And God didn't bring that curse. Israel brought that curse upon themselves through their disobedience to God. And God, through the prophet Isaiah, says, it's time to sing, O barren, thou didst not bear. In other words, it's time to sing. It's time to sing, O barren. In other words, it's time to come out of your curse. It's time to come out of the curse that's on this church because trust me, there has been curses from people, places, and things since the time we set foot in South Florida in 81. When we came here in 81, a curse began to begin to speak. It began to speak. It began to work its diligence. But it's time to sing, O Baron. It's time for us to come out of this curse. It's time to inhabit. It's time. It's time to stretch forth our curtains. It's time to... It's time not to spare not. No, it's time to... It's time to give. It's time to give. It's time to give. Lengthen our cords. Strengthen our stakes. It's time to break forth. It's time to start seeing increase. Not just in this church, but in your life. I said this is the month, of, I've said this a couple of months ago, the month of June is going to be a new car. If you want new something new, whether it's a car, vehicle, whatever it is, a house, not spouse, I said house, <laughs> I'm happy with the one I got. Now, if you don't have a spouse, guess what? God, I, I'm tired to be buried. I want a spouse, a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled, giving spouse. They're out there. They're in here. It's 
time to see success. Why y'all laughing when I said they're in here? You're looking with the wrong thing, baby. You're looking with your, you're looking with your eyes and your, what you think in your, in your mind when you should be looking at your heart. You're wrong. God makes everybody happy. God, man. Oh, stop looking with your natural self and start looking with your spirit. He could be the best looking thing. She could be the most best, best, prettiest thing. But if her heart ain't right, you don't want it. That's poison. That's hell. You don't want that. Expansion. It's time to expand. It's time to come out of this curse of barrenness. How are we going to do this? We're going to tear down walls. That's how we're going to do this. How does this have to do with Pentecost? I'm going there. It's going to get there. So you ain't going anywhere time soon. I don't care. It's 11 o'clock. Our floors look great over there. Over there, man, out there, oh, the, um, the children's wing, it looks amazing. And tonight, this afternoon, they're going to be coming. They're going to be dropping. They're going to be dropping down here in the sanctuary too, in here. So it's going to be fun next week to see it. But we're going to be in here because we're not done yet in there. We're doing a whole renovation over there. Hallelujah! We tore down the sound booth. We're changing everything around. It's time to enlarge. I had companies already come out here and look at the look at the place and say and give me quotes. It's time to enlarge. It's time to expand God's purpose, plan, and expectation for this church. It's time for you to expand. Say, I'm going to expand. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to start now. I'm not going to wait for something to happen. No, 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 no. I'm going to start now. I'm going to make it happen. As I start, I'm going to make it happen. Do you hear what I said? You're not going to wait for something to happen. If you're still waiting for something to happen, how's that wait? You ain't getting younger, are you? You're getting older, aren't you? You got to make it happen. If you want something to, if you want something to happen, you got to make it happen. You don't wait till it happens and you start. No, you start now. And as you're starting, it's going to happen. Same goes with this church. We're going to make it happen. What walls are keeping us from expansion? What walls are keeping us from expansion today? What walls are keeping you from expansion today? What walls? What walls? Only you can. I really want you to think because today is the day, whatever that wall is, you're going to tear it down because this is the day of Pentecost. You're going to tear that wall down. What walls are keeping you from expanding? We're going to tear these walls down today, amen? amen. I want you to understand something. For 4,000 years, a great wall stood between God and mankind. For 4,000 years, a great wall stood before God and mankind. That wall was so high that people could not get over it. It was so wide that they couldn't get around it, and there was no door for them to go in and out. That wall was a wall of sin created by Adam and Eve. They built this wall that separated them from 
God. I want you to understand that. If you go to Romans chapter five, you don't need to go there, but it explains because of one man's sin, it brought sin into the world. It, that wall was erected, that separation from God. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be separated from God. I don't like to be separated from the things of God. If the scripture said he daily loadeth us with benefits, I do not want a wall to keep that benefit from blessing me or you. Come on, think about it. I don't want that wall. I want to be no wall whatsoever. The Israelites also built a wall of sin that separated them from their God. Their iniquities separated themselves. Their iniquities towards God separated. And because of their iniquities, their sin hid their face from God. They, God could not look upon his creation. Because of sin, God could not see his creation because there was a separation. Not created by God, but, but, but created by the sin of mankind. Man has been building walls of sin ever since. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reviling, and such like, of the, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The apostle Paul points out, these are walls, as I speak, that are being erected every day. Well, Pastor Dad, that's not me. So where's the blessing in your life? Show me the proof. Where's the family of salvation? Where's the abundance of a mighty God? The miracle working power of God. You may not see this one. You may, you may not identify with one of these. Well, I'm not an adulterer. Well, have you ever looked at idolatry? I don't have idols in my house. You carry one in your pocket every day. Oh, don't shut me down now. It's amazing how a phone has become an idol. We depend on that phone for everything. We depend on why? It's because we've made technology so available out there. We do everything by the way of the phone. We don't need it. We no longer look up to God. We look to our phones. If I need a scripture, I don't have the word. I just Google it and say, Pastor Google, give me scripture of Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3. How convenient. How many of you, without raising your hand, Keep your phone right next to your night, right next to your bed, right on your nightstand. Where's your Bible? Is it in the bed with you? I got to get a new Bible because the, the the outside cover is is wearing off because it sleeps between me and my wife. If I want to roll over to get to her, I got to go through the Word. 
If she wants to roll over to me, she got to go through the word. Hey, that's righteousness, baby. It's going to be good. Why? Because she's already rolling over the word to get to me, and I've already rolled over to her. That's Holy Ghost. Mm, Hallelujah. But I want you to see these things. Variance, I mean, strife, sedition, witchcraft, hatred, idolatry, lasciviousness, uncleanness, fornication, adultery. See, all these, all these are types of walls that keep us from expansion. All these types of things will keep us from expanding the gospel, will keep the gospel being expanding in our life. See, I thank God for this word, but I want new. I want new wisdom. I want new knowledge. I want new understanding. I want new revelation. And that comes through the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And I got to make sure there is nothing built that will hinder what God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to bring. Amen? Same goes with this church. I don't want it in my life, and I don't want it in your life. That's why I'm going to preach against it. That's why sometimes you may not like what I have to say, but I'm going to say it. Why? It's because God is dealing. He sees something that needs to be dealt with. And I'd rather him deal with it now than we all stand before God. Because once we stand before God, it's too late. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We cannot be a part of this world. We cannot be connected to this world. If we want to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not only in this house, but in our own personal homes, our own personal lives, we cannot be connected to what the Apostle Paul was talking about that causes walls to come up. We cannot be a part of it. Matter of fact, he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you transformed by the renewing of your mind? The Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus saves, heals, restores, and the Holy Ghost transforms. What? People to kingdom status. Transforms. I know we all want to expand here spiritually, physically, and financially. I understand that, and we're all going to achieve that, amen? But ask yourself this question. What is the holdup in my life? Why am I not seeing it spiritually? Why am I not seeing it physically? Why am I not seeing it financially when God has orchestrated already it for me to expand spiritually, physically, financially through the word? What is the holdup? What is the holdup of my life? As I speak, right where you're at, truly examine your heart right now. I didn't say your mind. I said your heart. Because your mind will lie to you. Your mind will play games with you. Your mind will, 
will cause you to sit there and sit there, and next you, 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 it has nothing to do with you. That's just the mind. No, truly examine your heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Don't be your worst enemy. You don't understand. We, 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 it's so easy to blame the world. But God forbid if we point the fingers back to us. We are the problem. We can say the world all you want, but the bottom line is, is that we are the problem. Why? Because nobody can make us do something or think something but us. Because the world hates me doesn't mean I have to accept it unless I want to. Oh, but Pastor Dad, Satan tempts you. Yes, he tempts you. Doesn't mean you have to listen. He tempts you every day. How does he tempt you? He tempts you spiritually, physically, financially. He tells you spiritually, you're, you know what? Ah, see what you did? You're not saved. Ah, there comes that doubt. Look at you. Oh, holy art thou. Why are you doubting? Oh, is God who he says he is? Why are you doubting? Oh, you just sinned because you doubted. It's up to you to receive it. It's up to you to receive it. The devil cannot make you do anything unless you allow it to happen. What I mean by this is that you do it yourself. God cannot make you do anything. You know what I'm saying? God, you have to do it for yourself. He's given you his word. He gives you his word every day. It's up to you to read it. It's up to you to study it. It's up to you to pray it. It's up to you to speak it. It's up to you to sow it. He's not going to make you do anything. He's already did enough. And what he did, he defeated the devil. So the devil cannot stronghold you. The devil cannot stand upon you and rule over you. He's already defeated that, and he's given you the keys of the kingdom. It's up to you to use the keys. If you're not using them, that's on you. You want, this, you want the door spirit of, 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 of God's spirit? Open the door. He's giving you the key. If you want the door to physical abundance, guess what? Open the key. You have the key. Open the door. If you want financial stability, you've been given the key. Open the door. What's stopping you? It's not the devil. The devil's been defeated. He doesn't have the keys. You have the keys. Unless you've given the keys back to him. Why would you do that? And all he's doing is this. <laughs> you, you gave me back the keys. You can't do nothing. <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. He's holding the keys of him because you gave them back to him. Think about that when Adam and Eve had everything. They had everything. They didn't have to work. They didn't have to do nothing but eat, sleep, and play around with each other and multiply. Think about that. Six days it created man. On the seventh day he rests. Now, a day to God is a thousand years. Just think. We automatically think after seven days, um, Adam and Eve got kicked out. No. There was a period of time they were together. 
See, we only think, well, Adam and Eve only had, you know, Cain, Abel, and Seth. There's more children he had. See, they were in there for quite a long time. Where did Cain get his wife? So there had to be other children. So they had more offspring. Because it didn't say it exactly in the Bible, we know there was more because Cain had a wife. He found a wife. So God has given you the keys of the kingdom, and he's expecting you to use it. You want to see, you want to see your family safe? He's given you the key to open the door to your family's salvation. How? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will show you which key. See, this is the key to the church. This key is to the church. This gets me in the church. This key gets me into my office. This key gets me into my closet. This key gets me into another closet. This key opens the gate to the campus. This gate opens the key to the post office. Well, I know these keys, but if I try to use this key to get into the church, it's not going to work. Well, God knows what key to use. And he's given you the Holy Spirit to give you discernment in what to use. That's the job of the Holy Spirit because he knows that this key that opens up the office will not open it, open it to get inside the church. This key, that key will not get you on the campus. So every key that you may have is, is important and God has given you the keys of the kingdom to unlock every door. It's up to you to do it. Now, what is the devil gonna do? The devil's going to tell you, he's going to put up, he's going to try to distract you because he knows if you use the keys that God has given you and you listen to the Holy Spirit, it's going to unlock salvation. It's going to unlock healing. It's going to unlock restoration. It's going to unlock transformation. And he's going to do everything he can. He's going to try to tell you, you're not worthy. You're not this. You're not that. But listen to me. Don't be your worst enemy. Nobody can make us do something or think something but us. Do what God tells you to do. What is he telling you to do? This is what I love about God. Because he knows the devil. Philippians 4, verse 8. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Hallelujah. Isn't that good stuff? That no matter what the devil may throw at you, may tempt you with, the apostle Paul said, hey, finally, finally, brethren, God has given us a way out. The Holy Ghost is good. Think on these things. What are these truths? Honest, 
Just pure, lovely, good reports, virtue, and praise. What are they? They are enemy stoppers. They stop the enemy. When you think on things above, when you think of things that are are true, uh, things that are honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, and praise, you stop the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you want to stop the enemy today? Think Think on these things. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Because when the devil comes in you, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to bring this truth to remembrance. Even though you may have forgotten it, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to remind you. Isn't that what Jesus said? He told the disciples, hey, you may get thrown in a scenario you don't know what to do. Keep your mouth shut, listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll put the words in your mouth. Galatians chapter five, verse 22 through 23. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Not only does we have Philippians 4, 8, but we also have Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23. I truly believe if we heed to Philippians chapter four, verse eight, and Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23. ALM can tear walls down. Jesus made all this possible because he is the fulfillment of the word. His death and resurrection tore the walls of sin down. We have been restored back to the father. Expansion is achievable, attainable, realistic, Doable and workable. Do you hear what I said? Expansion because of Jesus Christ and the ordeal that he went through and through the supernatural Holy Ghost resurrection. We have been restored back to the Father. And expansion is achievable, attainable, realistic, doable, and workable. It's time to work our faith and what we know and what and, and what we know of Jesus and what he did for us and what the Holy Spirit did for Jesus as he resurrected him out of that grave. That same spirit that res- is in him is in us. That same spirit that raised Christ Jesus out of the grave is the same spirit that's in us that raises us out of hell. So we can be Achievable, attainable, realistic, doable, and workable. We can work our faith because our faith will not be dead. Amen? Amen. What is ALM's winning formula to tear down walls? What is this church winning formula? You should know this by now. I preached this. James chapter four, verse seven and eight. ALM's winning formula has not changed. It says, submit yourself. Therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. That is our winning formula to tear down the walls that's keeping us from expanding. Spiritually, physically, financially. We continually stay submissive to God. 
We submit ourselves to God. We always resist the devil. We know the devil's out there. We know he uses people, places, and things, but we have the, the ability through the Holy Ghost to resist. Because when he comes up to, when he comes against me, guess what? I'm gonna think of, I'm gonna think of things that are true, honest, just pure, lovely, good report, virtue, and praise. I am going to focus on the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. I mean, I'm going to think of the things of God. I'm not going to let him win. I'm going to draw nigh to God. And if I draw nigh to him, he's going to draw nigh to us. We're going to keep our hands clean. In other words, we're not, going to, we're not going to allow these hands to be defiled. We're going, to, we're going to stay pure in our hearts. And we're surely not going to be double-minded. Because if you're double-minded today, you are unstable. Look at America. If there's ever, if there's, if there's ever a scripture, if you look at the, re, look at the word double-mindedness, look at America right now. We are so double-minded. We're so divided. We're so messed up. There is no stability. Why? Because when you have people ruling you that have no, have, that have denied God. When I mean by people, I'm talking about both sides of the aisle. I'm not talking about one side. I'm talking about our government. They're both double-minded. And because of that, look at the stability of America, spiritually, physically, and financially. Look at us. We're messed up. We're messed up. But what is the church going to do? Are we just going to sit there and it's like, oh, well, I'll just wait for 22 because it's going to be an election year. They're going to change. Really? Oh, the price of gas may go down. So you're happy. I'm so glad the gas is back at $2. Are you still going to come to church? Is that going to get your family saved if, if we get back to $2 a gallon? I know it'll keep money in my pocket because, hey, I drive a diesel. I knew what I was getting into. And God said, get it. So I got it. But is that going to change my family's salvation? Is that going to change sickness? Because last time I read, when, when, when gas was at $2, people were still dying of cancer. People were still, weren't people getting COVID? Oh, come on. There were still diseases. There were still afflictions. There were still famines. There were still all kinds of things. Did Chicago change since the election? No, Chicago's been like this forever. New York, California, Miami. Are we just not number one anymore? But we used to be. Come on. What's going to tear down these walls? We, we, it's going to be this church. We're not going to heed to what's going on in the world. Even though it's happening in the world, we're going to rise above it. We are not going to be double-minded. We're not going to allow what we see get the best of us. So when it happens, when it comes against us spiritually, physically, financially, what are we going to do? We're not going to think about the lack we have. We're going to think about the abundance of God. 
that even though there may be inflation, doesn't mean it's going to affect my pocketbook because I'm a giver. And my seed cannot be denied. Seed, when you put seed in the ground, it cannot be denied. Especially when it's godly seed. It has to do what it says it's going to do. Make some noise. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. If we cannot obey and do what James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, we will not be attentive to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Walls will not be torn down, but will get bigger and thicker. Will get bigger and thicker. ALM, be strong and good courage. In all that we're going through today, be strong and a good courage. Our willingness and obedience, just like Christ's willingness and obedience, will defeat all of the devil's walls that have been erected. Just keep the faith and be a doer of God's word. Just keep the faith and be a doer. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep giving. Keep giving, keep serving, keep, keep, keep praising, keep worshiping, keep reading the word, keep studying the word, keep, keep praying the word, keep, keep, keep coming to church. Even if you have to Uber, you keep coming to church. If you got to ride your bike, you ride your bike. If people from Africa can walk for miles, walk it. And when they walk, they got lions and they got lions and, and all uh, hyenas and, and, and cheetahs and out of crocodiles. They got everything out there and they're walking in the middle of the night getting to church. It may take them days, but they get there. And look at revival. Look at the revival. If it just rains all day, oh my God, I'm staying home. I can't get out of my house because there's two inches of water. But we'll sit out there in Disney World and praise an idol called Mouth. Not me. I'm coming to church. Keep the faith and be a doer of God's word. There always is going to be a persecution. There's always going to be a famine. There's always going to be a persecution. There's always going to be someone that sits in the White House that none of us are not. Some of us will and some of us won't like. So get used to it. There will always be a law that will be passed that we will not like. Children will still be killed. Innocent blood will be shed. But keep the faith. Keep the faith and keep doing what God's telling you to do. Be a doer of God's word. Because what's out there does not change the church. We have to rise above it. I want you to understand something. Never think that the fruit of the spirit is weak. Never think what God has given you in his word. Never think Philippians chapter four, verse three. Thinking on things of above, on these things are weak. Don't think the fruit of the spirit is weak. Love, joy, peace, long-serving, gentleness, goodness, faith, meanness, never. Our spirit-led. Our spirit-led. See, the world knows might. The world knows power. But what the world does not know is spirit. They don't know the spirit. They know might. 
See, Israel knows the might of God because they've seen it. They read about it all through the Old Covenant. You saw the might of God, and you saw the power of God. Where they did not understand was an outpouring of the Spirit in the new. They didn't have an understanding of it. And still today, the world knows might. We know power because we think we got to show our might. Let's flex a muscle. If America just flexes her muscle, China will run. Really? Why would China run when they own half of America? Some of you right now are wearing Chinese. Look at you. I guarantee you, you take your shirt off, don't do it. But it says either it's from China, Indonesia, or, or um, um, Vietnam. It all is funneled through China. How many of you like Chinese food? Don't raise your hand. That's why I'm a sushi man. That's Japan. I am a Korean man. That's Korea. We've been liberated. But the sad thing is, pork is pork, and it all comes from China. What are we going to do? But the label said USDA. USDA. That means nothing. Look at the fine print on the back in very small letters that you need a microscope. China. See, the world knows might. They know power. See, Russia thought when they come in here, they can just show their might and power in Ukraine. That's another story in itself. That's just a smoke screen to cover up. Laundering. Oh, let's just move on. But what the spirit of God, see, they don't know the spirit of God. They don't know the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. See, in Zephaniah chapter four, verse six, it says, the, the prophet declares, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, by my spirit. It is, this is now the time of the spirit. It's time of the outpouring of the spirit. We're in the, this time, the America needs an outpouring of the spirit. This house of God needs an outpouring. The body of Christ needs a house, needs an outpouring of the spirit. Denominations, which was never created by God, needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit so they can all repent and come back together and uni be unified as the church. Do you understand because of disunity, that's where all these other religions, you look at other religions. It all, came out of, it all came out of some aspect of God. What do they, they take this, they take that, they take this, they did, they did. They all have some ideology of God, but they watered it down with man because they didn't like what it said. Or they got mad at another person. You look at the Muslims. How, why do they have two, have the Shunites and the Sunnis and the Shuites? It's because they got mad at each other. One wanted to be in charge because Muhammad was dead. They were dead. And the guy that was supposed to be in charge was washing Muhammad. And all of a sudden, the other group said, quick, he's not looking. Hurry up. And they didn't. He's king. He said, read it. Do the study. That's why you have Shunis and Shunites fighting against each other. Iran does not like Saudi. And Saudi does not like Iran. Why? Because they're two different sets of people. But they both will cut your head off if you're a homosexual. They'll throw you both off the... Off, off, um, a building. But hey, we got oil from them. Two dollars. Oh, hallelujah. As long as we have pork, we're happy. As long as we have Nike shoes that we pay $300 from China, built by slaves. Oh, slavery. Children, we're happy. LeBron's a billionaire. 
Jordan's a billionaire. All from China. All from China. NBA, billions of dollars. China. I'm gonna make sure this is no more China. I'm getting rid of China. I want, I want cotton from that, that, that place in Egypt where that, what's the guy, the my pillow guy, Giza of Egypt. I want cotton from Egypt. Man, you ever sleep on those, those sheets? Hey, my pillow sheets, I thank God for this. My wife, man, that's some good stuff. That pillow, that pillow's been my wife and I has taken that my pillow all over the United States and is going to Israel with us too. That pillow's awesome because it's made from Giza, Egypt. I want to, I, I like Egypt. That part over there is Israel all up in there, man, made me some good stuff. That influence is still there. Who do you think built the pyramids? It surely wasn't aliens. Let's just move on. <laughs> not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And then we know the prophet Joel declared in chapter two, chapter two of Joel, verse 28, that God will pour out his spirit. In Acts chapter two, the apostle Peter quotes the prophet Joel. Isn't it amazing how a fisherman who was never privy to the law knew to speak the prophet of Joel? Where do you think that came from? An outpouring of the Spirit. The very thing that Jesus said would happen, happen through the apostle Peter. But he wasn't an apostle there. He was just Peter. They weren't even apostles yet. It was still fresh. What happened? What happened since Acts chapter two? What has happened? What has happened to the church? What's happened to the body of Christ? I know what's happened. We have neglected the pouring, the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's what we've done. The body of Christ has neglected the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. To tear down walls, we have to have the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. If, it, if he is not important, why would Jesus tell us in John 14, 16 that God was giving us a comforter and he would teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance? God knew we needed resources. God knew we couldn't remember everything. Even though we try to remember everything that Jesus did, but if you go read the last part of John, John said Jesus did so much stuff before he ascended, there's not enough paper in the world to write it all down, the miracles he did. So if, you, if there was not enough paper, how do you think you and I are going to remember everything that, that's out there, the kingdom of God? You're not going to remember. But aren't you glad? for the Holy Spirit, but I have the Bible. But have you memorized the Bible from cover to cover? Start, Genesis chapter one, where does it go? Most people say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, what's after that? Give me verse, give me verse seven of Genesis chapter one, right now. Of course. <laughs> give me Romans chapter nine, verse 22, without reading it, don't go looking it up. No, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? That's why God orchestrated all this so the body of Christ, who's the body of Christ? We are. Can be ready at any moment at any time 
whatever comes across our path, whether it's a king of a nation or it's somebody that lives on the 95 that has been living in a tent full of holes from heroin, has not taken a shower in months, filth of the world. The same God that loves the king of a nation loves the very one that lives in that tent. And without the Holy Spirit, you will not know how to talk to the king of that nation or the very one. See, you gotta realize something. If, they don't, if both of them are not saved, if they don't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're both going to hell. Do you understand what I'm saying? God loves the one that is the king of a nation just as much as he loves the one that lives in a tent that's covered in holes from heroin and has to take his smells. He loves them. He created them. Matter of fact, as he spoke of Jeremiah and his mother, he knows every one of us as we were being formed in our mother's womb. Why do you think the devil wants to kill the baby in the womb? It's because God knows them. Has a purpose, has a plan, has an expectation. How many evangelists have we killed? How many prophets have we killed? Men or women, because I believe women just has much of a stronger call, has a calling just like a man. How many teachers, how many pastors, how many evangelists have we killed? How many inventors, how many doctors that had the knowledge, that were gifted, that were instilled by God to come forth a cure How many space explorers? We think Elon Musk is it. He's the devil. He wants to put a chip in your head. I don't like him. And they're saying by 2030, they want to make, put a smartphone in people's bodies. I don't like that. Too close to the mark. Uh-uh. But how many of them do we have that, that go, beyond America, go beyond just our moon if we really went there? I believe we did, but we haven't gone there since. We want to go to Mars. Let's go back to the moon. I'm just saying, how many? Think about it. The devil steals, kills, and destroys. And God says, I come to give you life more abundantly, and he did it through Jesus Christ. But we know Jesus says, I am going back to the Father, but I will not leave you alone. I will give you the comforter. He will be your resource because there will be kings and there will be vagrants. There will be people of all cultures. There will be people from every lifestyle that need Christ. And you're gonna need the leading of the Holy Spirit to be able to minister to both of them because I died for both of them. It's not going to be might. It's not going to be power. It's going to be by the Spirit. And we cannot neglect the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our own lives every day. God is always pouring out his Spirit. He does, Acts chapter 2 has not stopped. We just not make ourselves available for the outpouring. Every wall is different in people's lives. 
Without the sermon of the Holy Spirit, we could use the wrong fruit to tear down a wall. Without the sermon of the Holy Spirit, we can use the wrong fruit to tear down a wall. Why was Peter so effective in Acts chapter 2? Because he trusted, trusted the leading of the Holy Spirit. He trusted the leading of the Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost. Now I can preach. I had to lay all this groundwork so I can get into Pentecost. I know it's 1153, but you ain't going nowhere. I want an outpouring. I want an outpouring in this section right here because I see so many people that are gonna be here. See, y'all missed out. Y'all should have moved up here. I don't know why you like sitting in the back. Come on. You've been freed from that. It's time to get to the front. Thank God for Rosa Park who got in the front of the bus and wouldn't move. Why are y'all sitting in the back? Get up in the front. What are y'all waiting for? Jeez, you've been liberated. Thank God. That's just physical side. You've been spiritually liberated. Sit in the front. Get closer. I want all the Hosea Menace's roles to move up. Yes, bring mama too. I love mama. Today's Pentecost. And I had to share all this to get to where we're at because I believe there's walls that are keeping the outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming upon this church. And these walls need to come down. God wants us to focus on his assignment. Just like Jesus told those men and women that day before he ascended, Pentecost is here and our assignment is to tear walls down. Now you can go to Acts chapter 2. Y'all thought y'all were going to get out at 12 o'clock as usual. I told God, I said, God, this is going to be a long one. He said, let it be long. Let it be. Hallelujah. It's not going to rain. And if it does, let it rain. I'm so happy I didn't have to wash my car. Because I had these nasty bugs and love bugs, you know, just couldn't get out. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for, the, for two days of rain and cleaned it all off. Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There was a pouring out. And suddenly there came a pouring out. A pouring out of, out of heaven. A pouring out of heaven. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was 
Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, I know everybody focuses on the first First couple of verses, but I was, I got, when I began to study this and I was like, God, I have preached this and preached this. Lord, I want, I want something new. God, can you give me something new? Because, you know, all as I speak, most churches are out there talking about preaching and they're talking about and suddenly. And I believe in the suddenly. And I believe in the sound of heaven. But do you understand? It was a sound of heaven as a mighty rushing wind. We all make you think is that it was wind, it was a sound. A sound. Who's ever been in a storm and like you've been in a storm and you hear the wind howling? Wah! I mean, it's so loud. I remember times I'm sitting in my house and it, it, it just all of a sudden it just comes down and I'm like, and I can hear it. Wah! It is, I'm like, man, that wind is howling. Palm trees. My neighbor's mangoes. I was so hoping that the mangoes would fall in my, because his name, his mangoes are fat and juicy and ready to eat. You know, them white people, they don't know. They don't, they don't know. They don't eat mangoes. I'm like, give them to me. The other day, one fell over and I said, look, Pastor Francis, yes. It was so juicy. I'm like, it was only one, Wendy. You know who's got great mangoes? Where is she? Where's, where's, uh, where's Miss Blanchett? Man, she got some awesome mangoes. Man, you don't eat them. You just suck on them, man. They got full of juices all over your beard. Mm. Hallelujah. But I want you, like, it was, it was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. In other words, it was a sound. But everybody focused on that. But I was like, God, I really want you to give me something new because you promised us new. Verse six, jumped out. And when this was noise abroad, that word noise, what did the people hear? They heard a noise, a noise, that noise. And I truly believe to tear down walls, a Holy Ghost noise has to come out of us. A noise. When God and his people brought forth the noise, something happened. Israel made a noise by shouting praises. Instruments and walls fell down, according to Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. Gideon and his 300 men made a noise in Judges chapter 6, and the enemy turned on themselves. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Israel, Israel began to sing praise, with, which caused an ambush on the enemy. Matthew 27, the sound of the earth shook, the rock split, the veil ripped. Matthew 28, the earth shook and the stone rolled away. Acts chapter 2, a mighty rushing wind came in and flames of fire came upon the upper room and there began to make noise by speaking in other languages. Acts 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas began to make a noise and a great earthquake came and freed them. It's time the world to hear the Holy Ghost noise come out of you. Come out of this church. It's time for the noise. 
It's time for a Holy Ghost noise to come out of you that's going to cause a shaking. Every time a noise took place, there was a shaking. Something happened. Psalms 98 verse 4 says, make a joyful noise. That word joyful means cry out, blast, triumph, war cry, signal for war. Noise unto the Lord, all the earth, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Make a cry out, make a blast. Come on! Oh, y'all don't want your walls tear down. Y'all don't want those walls to come down. You happy with the, those walls have are those walls have protected you? Yeah, and you think it's protected you? No, it has kept God from getting to you. You are keeping the devil and what he wants to do in your life. But it's time to make a noise and break out. You want to stay sick? Keep the walls of sickness all around you. If you want to stay broke, stay. Keep the walls of broke or debt all over you. You want the wall, hey, if you got to hang up on racism, keep the walls of racism around you. But you are the one that's going to die through because of racism. Tear it down. You want to stay sick? Keep the sick. Hey. What are you doing? You're keeping God from getting in. You're keeping God from getting in. I rebuke the spirit of Achan. I rebuke the spirit of Achan. You need to go back. Who's Achan? Go find it for yourself. Achan was a was, was a covetous. He was a coveter. He was cursed because he coveted the things of the enemy when God says, don't you touch it. What did he do? He built a wall. He had a wall of God, a covetousness around him. And he said, I coveted the Babylonian garb. Oh, I found a chunk of gold. And what did he do? He buried it under his tent. Oh man, that's a teaching in itself. Oh, I was, I was last, last night around 11 o'clock, I begin to study Aiken. And I'm like, oh my God, Lord, I got to preach Pentecost. This is too much. <laughs> it's another teaching. What's going to tear down these walls? A joyful noise. Last time I read, joy is spirit led, spirit driven. It's part of the fruit of the spirit. And it's time, a noise to come out of this church. It's time for a noise to come out of you. Walls of sin will come down with, walls of sin will not come down without a Holy Ghost noise. A joyful noise is not merely a noise for its own sake. Our world is filled with noise, much of harmful distract, distraction. A joyful noise is a bold declaration of God's glorious name and nature with shouts, clapping, and with outward expression of praise. Don't make an excuse not to make a joyful noise. A joyful noise is a powerful tool because it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. 
God wants us to find such a joy and excitement in him that we cannot contain it. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19 instructs us to be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we desire to sing to him and edify others. Musical talent has nothing to do with it. Musical talent has nothing to do with it. When the focus of our hearts is God and his greatness, our noise is a sweet sound to his ears and a destructive sound to the walls of sin. This attitude of joy in the Holy Ghost will make you want more and more. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 2, verse 46, and they continually daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from the house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They were so happy. When, when Peter preached, he gave, the, he gave the message and the people said, what must we do? He, what was he doing? He was making an, he, he gave an outpour. There was a noise that came about to the point where I'm like, what is this noise? It wasn't the noise that came to the, it was the noise that was coming out of the people in the upper room. They began to speak in other languages. Why? Because the scripture says there was people from all the earth there at that time. And they heard them. And don't even go there because I tried to, I was going to read it and I said, I can't pronounce half these names. And so, I mean, just, I just don't have the, 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 the tongue to do it. But there will come a day the Holy Ghost will put that tongue in me. Just today's not one of those days. Doesn't mean I don't believe it because it will. But it, this is what I love it. So love about it. They spoke in other languages. No, they spoke and the people said, they're Galileans. I can understand what they're saying. And then there's, there's always going to be a mocker say, oh, they're a bunch of drunks. Who? I mean, I know there's people that drink at nine o'clock in the morning. That's called alcoholics. I mean, it was nine o'clock in the morning. And then there was all, oh, they're a bunch of drunks. Oh, they were drunk. But they were drunk with new wine. They weren't drunk with the wine that you go and buy at 7-Eleven, a 40. You young people have no clue what's a 40. They were, they were drunk, and they began to speak. And as they began to speak, there was a noise that went out. And that's when Peter, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, began to say, people, Hey, hey, we're not drunk. This is what was spoken in the prophet of Joel, chapter 2. There's an outpouring. And after he went out and spoke and preached, it, the, the hearts were turned. And they say, what must we do to be saved? And he went into the process and said, you must be born again. You must be baptized. You must confess Jesus as Lord. And they did it. Think about this. 3,000 souls. Walking to whatever stream that was there. And they got baptized. And after they got baptized, they continually 
broke bread. It's like, I don't want nothing else. I want to stay here. I want to stay in this prayer. I want to stay in this outpouring. I don't want to lose it. It changed my life. And that's what God wants to do today. But the walls have to come down. And I bring it back to the beginning. What walls in your life, examine your heart. What is keeping the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life? The outpouring. What is keeping the outpouring of the Holy Spirit from manifesting itself as it did in Acts outside so people can hear the noise? What is keeping the outpouring out? I can't answer that for you. But what is keeping it? Because that wall is hindering you. It is hindering not only you, but it's hindering your family. It's hindering your neighborhoods. It's hindering who you work with every day. It's a hindrance. And the wall needs to come down. Well, God's going to knock the wall down. Mm -mm, You're going to knock it down. You got to knock it down. You got to knock it down. You got to knock it down. How did those men and women in that upper room did it? They had to knock it down. They were in one accord. They were like, Jesus said, you tarry, go and tarry in Jerusalem. Go lock yourself up in a room and begin to pray, begin to consecrate yourself. If you do a study, they were in there, matter of fact, like 10 days, they were in there. They were breaking bread. They, they, were, they were praying, they were interceding because they knew Jesus said an outpouring. They were gonna be endued with power. They didn't know what power. They just said, we're going to be endued with power. And we're going to do whatever it takes for that power to manifest itself. They didn't see. God didn't show them. They didn't have, a, they didn't have the written word to show them. Oh, yeah, at around about this time, at 9 o'clock in the morning, at outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They didn't have that. Matter of fact, they had none of this. They had none of the new. So they had nothing to fall back on. All they had was the law, the old. And the old never talked about an outpouring. Matter of fact, Zephaniah said, not by my, not by, by, by my spirit. So they couldn't go. So they had to trust what Jesus told them to do. They had to be willing and obedient. They locked themselves and they would not come out till something happen what were they doing they were making it happen before it happened they were they were working their faith in what christ told them to do and when they were working their faith because god honors faith and what they did what they did what jesus told them to do god poured out because he knew that is what's going to change this world an outpouring ask yourself What wall is holding me up from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Because it's here. It's it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. God, oh, and many people believe, oh, that ended with the apostles. No, it didn't. Because if that happened, that means every other gift ended with the apostles. Only one gift ended with the apostles, not the rest? That makes no sense. No. Gifts and callings are without repentance. That means they don't end 
They're forever. Anything that God does is forever. This word is yea and amen. It cannot return void. It has to do. And he says, he said, hey, there's going to be an outpouring. There's going to be before the coming of the Lord. There's going to be an outpouring. Let it be now. Because I'm ready to go to heaven. I don't want to wait till 2030. I don't want to wait till 2025. I don't want to wait for another election. Outpour now so we can get out of here. I don't want to wait. I want it now. I want to go to heaven. Don't you want to go to heaven? What wall is keeping you from going? What wall is keeping you from going? Only a wall can keep you. What wall is keeping you from going? Oh, I'm not ready to go. Oh, my family, that could be a wall. We can make it, families can be a wall. No, 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 no. There can be nothing to keep you from heaven. My wife cannot keep me from heaven. I cannot keep her from heaven. Nothing. And I've, you've heard me say this. When my dad told me, he says, let me go. I'm going to heaven. A part of me said, no. Because that's what a son flesh says. That's what flesh says. But I had to say, God, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. He's ready to go. Take him now. Did, he, did God fail? No, God took him. Oh, death, where is thy sting? He, he's, he's enjoying heaven. They asked a question on the internet. Does people in heaven look down? I'm like, no, they don't look down. They're looking at Jesus. Why would they? What's to look down? I'm looking at God. Oh, 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 daddy, I know you're looking at me. No, he's not. He's, he's, he's looking at Jesus. My grandfather, all of them. I don't want him looking down. I want him keep your eyes on Jesus. It just sounds good. No. What's keeping you? What's keeping the outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now? What wall? Tear it down. There could be nothing between you and the Holy Spirit because out of that's going to come something new that's never been written. Mm-hmm. Where no eye has seen, no ear has heard. God has not written something new in your life because it has not been seen, it's not better. Just like it was not written or seen to those men and women in that upper room, what God and his outpouring right now has not been seen, has not been heard. It, it, listen to me. And whatever God is going to outpour will not contradict the word of God because if it contradicts the word, it's not of God. Anything that God does will never contradict the word. But there is things out there God has not written down and God has not shown you. But it's out there. And it's only through the Holy Ghost that you're going to see it. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. We're so hung up. If I don't find it in the word, I don't believe it. Well, you know what? You ain't never going to see it. Uh-uh, because there's things in here that God has got, because it ain't new. If it's something you can find, it ain't new. God says new. New means you've never seen it before. Don't you want God to wow you? Or are you going to say, thank you, God, but I've already seen that. Such and such down the street has it. Oh, I've seen that on TV. 
I'm seconds. No, 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 no. God don't give seconds. He gives you first. He gives you first. Something that's never seen or heard of. But ask yourself, what's, what's keeping me from seeing it? What's keeping me from hearing it? What's keeping me seeing the outpouring of, a, of the Holy Spirit right now? I want new revelation. I want new revelation. I, want re- I thank God for the revelation of the word because there's still things in this word that I, ha- that I read every day. There's still things in here that I still don't comprehend. There's things that I don't know. There, God is still wowing me in this word because if you think, oh, I've seen it all, you ain't seen squat. Because there's still new revelation. Every time you read the scripture, the Holy Spirit will show you a different side that you ain't never seen. And God is multidimensional. Oh, you don't get there. There's different levels of God, just like there's different levels in the heavens. And God is only going to show you so much what your faith can handle. He's not going to overwhelm you because if your faith can't handle it, you'll abuse it. You'll misuse it. That's where so a lot of people miss out. A lot of great men and women of God, God has given them so much. And because they've lost the faith factor, they have misused what God has given them and they have abused it instead of bring glory to God. But their day's coming because you can only mock God for so long. God warned his people over and over and over, and God has not stopped. That's why we tell you, keep yourself in the word. Keep yourself humble. What is it, James chapter four? Keep yourself submitted to God. Keep yourself submitted to God. That word, and that submission is humbleness. You gotta stay humble before God and think, God, I don't know it all, because I don't. But you do. Because, Lord, today may the day be a king comes across my path that needs to be ministered to. How do you think Philip was able to minister to that eunuch? That eunuch was not just any eunuch. That eunuch had prestige. That eunuch had authority. That eunuch was on a mission from, from, from its country from Ethiopia. Thank God for that eunuch because Ethiopia would not have been saved. But he was confused in reading Isaiah. And here comes Philip. Under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and he stopped and he looked and he says, and he began to talk to me, he says, and he says, I'm just having a problem. I'm struggling understanding the prophet Isaiah. And all that Philip began to share with him, and it opened his eyes. That was the unction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave Philip the knowledge of the prophet Isaiah and to explain it so the eunuch can understand and grasp it and receive Jesus and get baptized. And after that, the scripture says, not me, the scripture says he was taken. And the eunuch's like, 
take it. Let me take it. Take it. Take it. Oh, I don't believe it didn't happen. He was taken. How did Elijah beat Ahab? An old man beat a man in a chariot. That was the spirit of God. He ran. That was flash. <laughs> and he was waiting at the gate. What took you so long? I could just see Ahab. Because Ahab hated him already. He had nothing. Man, I don't like you. You're that prophet. You just killed all those people. Look at you. How does that happen? All that doesn't happen anymore. Says who? Says who? Because I may have not found it doesn't mean it ain't there. Because I haven't read it or God has not revealed it doesn't mean it's not there. There are things in heavens, in the heavenlies of God, that our natural eyes and our natural flesh cannot comprehend. Just put it this way. If the glory of God would fall in this place, the glory, I'm talking about that Old Testament glory when God came down into the tabernacle and, and it caused all of Israel to fall on her face. Do you understand? If the glory of God, the fire of God would fill, if you ain't right with God, it would consume you. It would consume you. You would be like that thing in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they would just melt it. I think that's the most coolest thing. And I was like, yeah, that's God. You'd melt. God has something new for this church. But we have to tear the walls down. We have to tear down every wall. There cannot be no disunity in this place. We have to tear down disunity. We have to tear down disunity in this place. We have to be in one accord. It's all about Jesus saves. No matter what, Jesus is going to save. That is what Pentecost is all about. Jesus is going to save. Even unto death, Jesus is going to save. Jesus is going to heal. No matter what, I don't care if they got no hands or legs or feet. God, through Jesus Christ, is going to produce arms, hands, and feet. He did it before. He'll do it again. He's going to restore He's going to bring people back, those backsliders, those family members who think, oh, God is not real. God, God's going to get them. If you follow the scripture, if you have trained up a child in the way it should go, you have nothing to fear. God is bound to his word. And if God is bound to his word, the Holy Spirit knows God's word better than we do, and he has to heed to the word of God. I don't care where that son or daughter may be. If they were trained up in the way of a child should go, they, God is bound by his word. That person will not taste hell.
Do I stop praying for them? No, I, I pray for them. I give them, I give them to God. I say, thank you, Jesus, for your word, for your word is yea and amen. They are saved. They may smell like hell, but they're going to be saved. That's why in my prayer time, I declare, I declare everything that when I, when I pray and I say, God, everything that my father gave his life for, it will not be in vain. My family, me and my house, my family, my children, my grandchildren, my great children will serve God with their grandfather, with their great grandfather for all eternity. They will not go to hell because it will not be in vain. I got a promise from God. They may smell, but... Smell and is is two different things. What's holding the walls up? I'm, de- I'm letting, waiting for God. I want you to think because today the walls are coming down. I want you to tear that wall down because there's an outpouring that's never been poured on this church today. But we have to tear these walls down. We have to tear these walls down. You have to tear these walls down. I can't tear it down for you. You're going to have to tear it. Israel still had to walk around Jericho. They still had to shout. They still had to praise. Gideon still had to go through the process. He had too many men. God says, too many men. You still have too many men. Now you have 300. They still had to go to the enemy. They just couldn't sit in their tent and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, oh God. I thank you. I love you. for my... No, they had to go to the end. They had to break their jar. They had to scream and shout. Jesus still had to go through the process for the veil to be ripped, for the stone to be rolled away. Paul and Silas still had to go through the process. Oh, they were beaten, but they still had to praise. They said, and an earthquake came. And the jailer in his house got saved. Just think if the walls today come down in your life, if you make those walls come down today, just think who's going to get saved? Who's going to get healed? Who's going to get restored? Who's going to be transformed? Praise the Lord. Get ready for expansion. You may be watching today and you desire to be saved, healed, restored, and transformed. Today is your day. Just say this with me. Jesus, save me from my sins. Heal me from my sicknesses. Restore me back to God. Holy Spirit, transform me to kingdom status. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord, King and Savior. If you did this today, welcome to the family of God. Until next time, remember, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus restores, and the Holy Ghost transforms.